all these things begin to pile up. And if we don't deal with it, it becomes like this whole huge pile that's so overwhelming that we don't even know what to do with it. And so we just begin to bring that baggage into other relationships. And then when it doesn't go our way, then we end up throwing a tantrum and then cutting the people off and saying it's everybody else. But in reality, it's ourselves getting in the way. Hey ladies, welcome to Speak Life Project with Lex. I'm so excited that you stopped in. Here we talk about all the things from daily life struggles and topics that most don't want to talk about. And we're going to dive right in. So I want to talk about a saying that most of us know. And it says, it goes like this. It takes two to tango. So basically what I'm wanting to speak on today is relationships and how in every area of life, it requires some sort of relationship. And in today's day and age, we can easily try to recluse, to isolate ourselves because of social media and the different things that we have at our fingertips. We can easily just come to that place and where we don't even encounter people. But the reality is that God designed us as people to thrive and to actually need relationships. And I know that some people may beg to differ, but I'm here to encourage you that you need relationships and that you could get to the place where you have healthy relationships. And so let's unpack that a little bit. It takes two to tango. It says that because I know that I'm guilty of this personally, and I've heard other people say it around me all the time is why I wanted to even bring this topic up. But there's so many times where I'll say, oh, well, so, so-and-so just never hit me up. So-and-so doesn't even care if I exist on the planet of Earth. And then I'll hear others around me say things like, I, I'm, no one ever checks up on me. This person, I thought they were my friend, but they don't even like care from what I'm doing in life and blah, 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 blah. That's where that saying, it takes two to tango comes into play because it takes two to be able to work a relationship, right? And so if that person isn't hitting you up, when you, as, I, as I've gotten older, day-to-day life and I became a mom and a wife and all the things, I've started to realize that, man, life can be, get so busy. And so that's why I don't even understand why people say I'm bored or I don't have anything to do. I'm like, you can be as bored as you want, but you can also be as busy as you want when you're focusing on all the things that you have as an adult, all the responsibilities that you have. And so I understand now, I try to put my myself in others' shoes and I'm like, okay, so this person's a mom, they work a job or they're, they're a full-time mom, they stay at home, whatever the case may be, I try to think, I'm like, okay, so if they're not texting me in the moment or if I haven't seen them in a long time or heard from them, it's probably because they're really busy and they're wrapped up in doing some things in the day-to-day life and the day-to-day grind. And I totally get it. Like I'm that person and I have to put a disclaimer out there because every time I either make a new relationship with somebody or an older friend, it's a laughing joke now that I take forever to respond back to a text. And so if you're that person that's like, yes, you take forever, I always put this disclaimer out there that if you're going to send me an essay, if you're going to send me a whole huge text with so many words, 
and I'm in the middle of doing something, my kid needs something, my husband needs something, I'm tending to something in the house, then it's going to take forever for me to respond because when it's that long, I can't just like respond back with a two letter sentence or whatever. You're going to get mad because I didn't take the time to answer each part of the paragraph. And so it takes me forever to respond to something long because I really want to put my heart and attention to it. And so I wanted to put that out there because I know that there's others that feel the same way. Like, I really want to respond to that person in the moment, but I can't because I'm busy or there's something that something else that needs my attention. But then on the other end, we can easily slip into that place of, well, that person didn't care. They didn't respond to my text right away. They didn't even acknowledge what I was trying to say. And it's not that it's more like, man, I want to respond back. I want to put my heart and attention to what you're saying. But in this moment, I can't respond to everything that you just sent in that essay. So you're going to have to wait until I'm able to do it. And I also think that in our generation now, we don't like phone calls, but that's why phone calls are better. I believe in that type of situation, because when we have phone calls, we could just say all the things faster than we can read a text. And so I'm getting to that place where I'm getting better with answering the phone instead of texting or trying to call because it is faster. It's a better way, the way to communicate. And then of course, in person is even better, but I wanted to throw, to throw that out there because when it takes two to tango, maybe you're the person that's sending the text or constantly checking in on your friends and you feel like they're not checking in on you. And so if you can get your mind to that place of, okay, people are busy, people live life, especially as we get older and we get married and we become a wife and a mom and all the things, it gets harder to stay in touch. But if you haven't heard from that person and you haven't reached out, then I want to encourage you to be that person that checks up on everyone else because you're not doing it in vain. You're not doing it for nothing. You reap what you sow. So if you're in a season of feeling like nobody, like you're lonely and no one's really paying attention to you and your friends are kind of falling off the face of the earth, check up on them. Sow that seed. When you're, when you're doing things in life and you're doing it with a good heart and a pure heart out of a place of man, I love this person. I want to, stay connected to them. So I'm going to check up on these people. Then you're sowing seed and it's going to, it has to reap. You have to reap it. It has to come back. And so you're not doing it for nothing. When it, when it takes two to tango, two to, to make a relationship work, it does take work. And that's what, that's another point that I want to make. A lot of times we think that we just can hang out with the person one time, speak to them here and there, but it takes work for relationships. And we, like I mentioned in the beginning, there's relationships in every area of life. And I even wrote it down here. We have relationships when we come out of the womb. We, have, we create relationships with our parents. We create relationships with siblings if you have them. We have aunts and uncles. We have relationships with our friends and acquaintances. We have relationships with our coworkers and our bosses and our pastors and people at church, like you get the point. And then of course, the biggest and most important relationship is our relationship with God and that relationship and every relationship in our life stems from how we grew up and how we had that relationship with our parents. And so if you don't have a healthy relationship with your family, or maybe you don't have a, you don't know what a healthy relationship looks like, then 
when you don't know what it looks like, it becomes an issue in every area of life. And I'm speaking from experience. So with myself personally, I always thought it was everybody else. So I'd have a friend, especially my teenage years. I thought everybody was my friend and something would happen. And I trusted people too fast and too much. Or I was like that gullible person and people would call me that. And I just didn't understand because that was the way that I saw relationships. But as I got older, because of being burned after burn after burn from friends, I started to get to that place where when something, when I got too close to someone and I saw something that I didn't like, or they, or I saw that something was about to attack me that I didn't like, I would put a wall up and cut that person off. And so next thing you know, all the relationships that I was a part of, when I got too close, I'd cut it off. And then I'd be back to that place of not having friends. Then I was always complaining of not having friends, but it was something in me. And you, we all heard that saying as well, that when it's everybody else, then it's, it's time to look at you. So I had to come to the conclusion like, okay, when I heard that, I was like, I guess it's time for me to look at me and, and try to figure out why my friendships and my relationships always end at a certain point. And a lot of times I didn't realize it, but I was self-sabotaging as well because I didn't want to get hurt. And so I would put those walls up, self-sabotage, and then blame the other person. It was them. It wasn't me. They did this, this, and that. And so because of that, I put that wall up and I'm not their friend anymore. So the Lord really showed me that it was me. And you know, with spouses and in marriages, they always say that you cannot change the other person. You can't change your husband. You can't change your wife. You can't change your spouse, but you can change you. And I used to hate that saying, I'm like, whatever, like, you can change. And so I would always constantly pinpoint, even with my husband, pinpoint his problems, pinpoint my friend's problems, say, you need to work on this. You need to work on that. And then one day I didn't want to hear it, but God was like, no, you need to work on you. It's you. You have the speck in your eye and you're calling out everybody else when you're dealing with the same thing, but even more so. And I was like, dang, I'm like, ouch, that hurts. But when I heard that, it was up to me to face the truth or to just ignore it and then continue to have relationships that fell through because I decided to ignore it. But I didn't ignore it. I wanted to work on myself. So then that's when I went on a whole healing journey and realized, man, I'm a pretty jacked up person. And if I don't work on myself, I'm going to continue to be jacked up for the rest of my life. And so God really... I partnered with Holy Spirit and he really helped me navigate some things. And now I'm here today being able to talk about relationships and talking about how it takes two to tango out of experience. And I heard this saying from a spiritual father that I always carry with me and I'm going to say it to you. And, it's, and he said this, he said, unresolved issues buried alive, never die, but they become landmines for, uh, for relationships, for future relationships. And it's so true. And so when you don't focus on those issues and the, those things that happened from previous relationships, whether it's a boyfriend or, or girlfriend, we all remember that first heartbreak, right? Like when that person you thought was the one or the one that you liked and they ended up breaking your heart in whatever way, because there's different ways I've heard. Um, and even in my own life, we all experience that first 
heartbreak and some it's worse for others. You know, some people are more sensitive than others. And then we all experience disappointment from parents, disappointment from family members, disappointment from people that overpromised and under under delivered. We all have experienced rejection from friends and from family. And so all these things begin to pile up. And if we don't deal with it, it becomes like this whole huge pile that's so overwhelming that we don't even know what to do with it. And so we just begin to bring that baggage into other relationships. And then when it doesn't go our way, then we end up throwing a tantrum and then cutting the people off and saying it's everybody else. But in reality, it's ourselves getting in the way. And I wanted to pinpoint the problem because the solution is to really realize that man I could have good relationships because you know we all heard that people heard that person or we've been that person that always says oh every man is the same every friend is the same every person is the same and if we ever get to that place of bitterness because when someone offends you which what offends you reveals you, right? So when when you allow offense to come on you and you don't deal with that offense, it becomes, it can turn into bitterness and then bitterness turns into unforgiveness. Next thing you know, you're this grouchy person that hates life and no one wants to be around you. So you're like repelling people and it can all be dealt with by focusing on the situation at hand. Man, that thing hurt. When that person did that to me, when that friend that I thought was going to be my life friend, covenant friend did that to me, it hurt and I didn't like it, but God help me to deal with this hurt. It's okay to feel those feelings. It's okay to be upset. It's okay to feel the feeling of hurt and man, like I don't know what to do with this, but it's not okay to stay there. And so I want to encourage you today to speak life over your your situation over your relationships. You could speak life over your relationships. You could speak life over yourself to be able to see relationships in the way that God has intended it to be. And so it all starts with you. And once you ask the Lord to take them scales off your eyes, then you're able to see people in a different way. And you're, you're even able to see maybe the blind spots that you've, that you didn't realize all these years because you didn't want to believe it. You didn't want to know that it was there. And so once those scales come off your eyes, then you see friends and people in a different way. And then you can start to restore relationships. You can start, you can come to that place of where you're, of where you're embracing the relationships that God has sent your way because there's good relationships and then there are bad relationships. There's relationships that you should invest your time in. And then there's relationships that you should kind of like back away from. And so, as we get older, you start to realize when you come from the place of a pure heart and not from a broken, broken down, disgusted place, then you realize, man, I can utilize this friendship because friends and relationships and people that God sends your way is meant to help you thrive and thrust you to where you're supposed to be. And if you're not where you're supposed to be, he sends people to help you to get you to that place. And then if you are where you're supposed to be, he sends people your way to run with, to be able to do things with. Friends bring joy. Friends can bring life. And I know it could be hard to hear when you've had friend after friend burn you, but I'm telling you that there are, even if it's just one person, it doesn't have to be an abundance. It's not, it's quality over quantity, not quantity over quality. And that's one thing that I had to learn in my life is that it's not quantity over quality, it's quality over quantity. And so 
I don't have to be the most popular. I don't have to have all the friends. I don't have to have everyone like me because not everyone's going to like me. And that's what you girls and you ladies have to understand is that not everyone's going to like you. There's going to be people that's literally designated to hating you for no reason. They're going to hate you. They're going to dislike you for no reason just because they just don't. There's something in you that rubs them the wrong way. And so forget it. Still love them anyway. And then... You know, with the kingdom of God and what he says in his word, love your enemies. So all those people that's hating on you and I'm preaching to myself because it was recent things that I went through where I was like, nah, bro, I can't. I'm like, they're my enemy, but I cannot. And I'm like, why are they always saying this and that about me? And I'm hearing this and, and this about me. And my husband's like, but did you pray for them? And I'm like, no. And I don't know if I want to, but I'm like, it's so funny because I'll get convicted with things and I can't ignore it because I have a fear of God. And because of that fear of God, I can't ignore it. And so I'm like, oh, he brought it up. I have to love my enemy. So yes, I'll pray for them. And even in those relationships with people that are there to hate on you, you still are called to love them. And one of the scriptures that I wrote down that was powerful because I think if we can get to the place of understanding that, first of all, we're passing through this earth. And so we are here for a purpose. And everything that you're meant to do on this earth is already on the inside of you. So why waste all of that? Why waste the things that God has called you to do and become bitter and, and just stagnant because of people that were meant to to throw you off like we have to rise up above that and say man yeah that person did this did this this and that but i'm gonna pray for them because they were at a broken place but i know who i am and because i know who i am i, I won't allow that to stop me from where god is calling what god is calling me to do on this earth and so this scripture was so powerful because if we can get to the place of laying ourselves down for one another then when people hurt you, when those relationships are, aren't the way that you expected it to be, then you begin to realize like, man, I still love them no matter what. I still love them even if they did that to me because when you lay yourself down for someone else, it's not about you anymore. It's not about your happiness. It's not about what you, what someone could give you, but it's about what you can give to someone else. And it's literally a picture of what Jesus did for each and every one of us. Jesus died for us. He laid his, his life down. God sent his one and only son to lay his life down for us, for people that didn't even deserve it. And so if we're supposed to be imitators of Christ, then we're supposed to do the same thing and lay our lives down for others, whether they deserve it or not. And so I know that's not the best message to hear where you're like, oh, I got to lay myself down for people that don't even like me. Yes, your family members, the people that get on your nerves, your husband, your spouse, your marriage is a representation of a covenant that we have with with Christ in the church that Christ has with the church is a, it's a picture of that. And so we're called and meant to lay our lives down for one another. So let me get to that scripture or else I'm going to keep going on and on. But the, the scripture is John 15, 12 through 13. And it says, so this is my command. It's a command. It's not even a choice. That's what I'm saying. We're called to lay our lives down, to love one another. Like he loves us. He came on this earth to show us an example for us to walk in. And so you got to get in your word. You got to read your Bible. Like I'm talking to myself because the more that you get into your word, the more you have an understanding of why you're here. It's a manual of life for relationships too. Like we could read about all kinds of relationships up in the Bible. There was um, 
a lot of relationships in the New Testament, Paul and Silas, Paul and, and uh, Barnabas. There's all kinds of relationships that you can learn from as well and say, man, it's not worth giving up my call, giving up my sanity because of what someone else did that I can't control. You can't control anyone else, but you can control yourself. You can put boundaries into place to help you be able to embrace the relationships that God put in your life. So it says, this is my command, love each other deeply, deeply. He didn't say just love each other a little bit. When you love someone deeply, you are willing to ride all the things that they're going through. So I need to get through this thing, but I, I was thinking about, I'm like, deeply means it's not like, oh, I saw this, that's it. I'm throwing in the towel and I'm going to cut them off. No, deeply means when you see the flaws and all the things that someone has, you love them through it. And of course, if it's like something that's not right and you might have to like back off for a season and, and it has to that person is trying to like shut you down or something, then that's when you have to back away. But when it's just stuff that you're seeing, because as you get closer to somebody, you're going to see all the things. You're going to see that people are not perfect. And so as you get closer to friends, you're going to see that they struggle with some things that maybe you overcame or you're struggling with too. And instead of like slighting them and being like, nah, I can't handle that. Love them anyways and love them deeply and love them through the situation. Don't just give up that easily because nowadays y'all we just give up easily we just throw in the towel over anything oh that person didn't make me laugh i'm done that person didn't say hi to me oh i'm done i ain't their friend anymore that person oh my goodness like they have an issue with lying or they have an issue with this and then next thing you know you find yourself doing the very thing that's why you have to be careful with what you say and how you're judging somebody else before you take an evaluation of yourself. So really think about that. Cause I, so many times, yo, I had to swallow my own words and my own pride because I would say something about somebody. And then literally like a month later, I'd be doing something and it would be the very thing that I judge somebody else. In, and I'm like, dang, yo, like I, I need to be careful with what I say because I'm doing that very thing. And I had, I would have to repent. So if that's you, you need to repent girl, because yeah, it hurts. And yeah, you want to be that critical person because maybe it just feels good to, to build yourself up and put someone else down. But sometimes you could find yourself doing that very thing. So love deeply. So it's my command, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you. Because if you, when you think about it, if you have that true relationship with God, he loves you through all the crap. He is so patient with us, yo. And someone had to tell me that like, God gives us so much grace. He had put up with all my crap and I would stumble again, then get back up. Then I'd stumble again and get back up. And he gave me a chance every single time. He didn't just say, oh, when you fell, when you fall, that's it. I ain't helping you up. Like, that's what we want to do to friends. Somehow we want to punish them, you know, because maybe that's how we, that's how we've experienced relationships, but that's not how God is. That's why he says love as much as I have loved you because he's so patient. So we need to be patient with the covenant relationships and the, the relationships that are meant to be in our lives, whether it's friends, family, whatever, we have to be patient with those people. We have to show them grace as God has showed us grace. And that was one of the biggest things for me. Like I was that person that was black or white. And I'm like, nope, you did this. I'm going to discard you. And my husband and God would be like, where's the grace at? And I'm like, I don't care. They don't deserve it. And God's like, but did you deserve it? And I'm like, no. And I sound like such a horrible person, but that was some of the stuff, the evil that was in my heart, you know? 
So anyways, love each other deeply as much as I have loved you for the greatest love of all. The greatest love of all is a love that sacrifices all. And this great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. So in this great love, the greatest love of all is to sacrifice all. And that great love is demonstrated when a person sacrifices his life for his friends. And that's what Jesus did for us, for you and I. And so to wrap this up and to encourage you guys in the area of relationships, I really wanted to get to the point of relationships take work. And as you get closer to somebody, you're going to see the flaws. And as someone gets closer to us, they're going to see the things that we may have not, maybe we don't even know about or we're not, we don't realize in ourselves, but it takes two to tango. It takes two to, to work on a relationship. And maybe in some seasons, you're going to be the one that's giving, 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 giving. But when you give, you're always sowing a seed and it's not for nothing. And then maybe you're going to be that person in a relationship that needs the taking, meaning like the other person is giving and you're receiving because you're going through some things, you know? So remember that in our relationships, it's not just all about you. It's about laying yourself down for the other person that you can lean on God to help you through the relationships to see that person in the way that he sees them. You can be patient. You can learn to be patient with the other person. Show them some grace and mercy. Give them mercy just like God has given you and showed you and just like the love that he's shown you through all the dirt and all the things that only you and him know about. And so don't be quick to cut people off unless obviously it's something that's like toxic to your family or to your relationship or maybe the person's not abiding to your boundaries now that's different and that doesn't mean that you cut them off but more so like back them away like back up from that and for a season maybe it's for a season maybe it's for a lifetime and you can just continue to pray for those people but it takes two to tangle it takes two to work on a relationship it takes you focusing on yourself and and, how, and asking the lord to reveal some things in yourself so that you're able to well, to love well. And then if you're in a place where you are isolated and you feel like you don't have friends because of the stuff that you went through with friends, then now is the time to really focus on why and focusing on that big, huge pile of stuff that piled up that you never dealt with and just take it one bite at a time. And as you take it one bite at a time, one step at a time, then you over time, you look back and you realize, man, I come a long way and that pile that used to be this high, it's becoming lower and lower. And then you'll feel the load be begin to feel lighter and lighter. And then you're able to have relationships where the landmines aren't blowing up every step that you take because of past baggage that you brought along. And so I hope that this really encouraged you. And one of the practical things that I I'm starting to do like I even got a printer recently because I want to start printing out people's faces and that sounds weird but I'm such a visual person and so I got this idea of printing out people's faces of who I need to pray for and so I'm going to begin to print out pictures of my family even like enemies and stuff. And I don't have to print out their pictures, but you can write down their names, like write down people in your life, friendships, and you can even categorize it, like get as organized as you want to get as creative as you want to. But 
begin to write down people's names, draw pictures, make decrees to be able to declare things over your relationships. It's time to speak life over your relationships, not death. Like, oh, I'll always be this way or that person will always be this way. But if you begin to write those the people down and declare something over them whenever the Lord puts them on your heart. And that's why I wanted to have a visual so that when I go in my prayer closet, I could see them and I'm reminded, I need to pray for this person. I need to love my enemy. I'm reminded that even if that person doesn't like me, or even if that person is going through something right now, I have the control to be able to pray over them, pray a blessing over them, declare what the Lord says over them to speak life over them and speak life over my relationships. And then you'll begin to see that prayer is so powerful. And when you partner with Holy Spirit, partner with God and get to speak what what he already said about those people over them, then you begin to see that those people start to to step into that all that God has declared over them. And so it could be fun. You can make it fun. I know that for me, I'm excited to just like make this whole collage of people that I'm going to begin to declare things over. And I encourage you to do the same. And if you're not a visual person, you can write it down. You can speak it into your voice memo, whatever you got to do. Remember to speak life over those relationships and remember that you can have the perspective that God has for those that he placed in your life because relationships are crucial to our relationships are crucial to our um, growth and to our, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank. Relationships are crucial to our growth and relationships are there to help us in our day-to-day life and our relationships and our, calling that God has placed us on the earth. And when you don't have those friends, when you don't have those relationships, life can become boring. Bitterness and loneliness could literally kill you and literally leave you for the rest of your life alone. And that person that literally wishes that they had people that cared about them. So don't burn bridges, be that person that's pouring into others. Even if it's not coming back to you in this season, you're planting those seeds and you can start off by partnering with God in those seasons. And so I hope that this encouraged you. I'm going to pray us out. And I hope that um, this really is a season where you start to focus on the relationships that God has placed in your life. So Father, right now, I just pray for each and every lady that's listening to this podcast now and in the future. I pray that Man, in the relationship, in the area of relationships, that you would mend relationships right now, that you would begin to restore the relationships that people have maybe neglected. I just pray that you would change their perspective to see the relationships that you place in their lives, the way that you see them, the way that you see those people, Father. And I just pray that you would help them to be the ones to encourage those that are maybe in a hard place right now, encourage those that are busy. I pray that you would begin to put on their heart creative ways for them to be able to reach out to those that they love. And I pray that if they had bad relationships with friends and people in the past, that you would begin to help them to, to, to work on that pile of junk one bite at a time. Father, I pray that you would just give them the revelation of what they can do to begin to, to move that ball forward, to be able to 
trust again, trust you again, trust relationships again, Father. I pray that you would strengthen relationships, the relationships that are thriving, Father. I pray that you would strengthen it even more so. I pray that you would utilize those relationships to help them, to catapult them to where they need to be and to continue to to help them, to encourage them in their day-to-day walk and their day-to-day life, Father. I pray that each and every person by the sound of my voice would be able to partner with you to see people in the way that you see them. And I thank you for each and every person. I thank you for each and every relationship that you've sent our way and any relationship that's not meant to be there. Father, I pray that you would sever those ties, that you would reveal it and then help us to be able to drop, to, to back up away, to back away from it, but also keep them in prayer. And I pray that you would help us to love our enemies. One of the hardest things to do to help us to love those that curse us, love those that hate us and be able to pray for them and wish the best and pray even blessings over them, father. And we thank you for all that you're doing in each and every one of our lives. And I pray all of this in Jesus's name. Amen. So thank you so much for tuning in and remember to speak life always. And I pray that you have a great rest of the week. I'll catch you next week. Bye. Bye.